BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do it live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. It is cold. It hit us Saturday morning, early, brisk, cold, wasn't ready for it, still committed to the shorts, not thrilled about it, not thrilled about some of the stuff this morning either here in the facility, but as for, uh, as for where we are, um, winter is here, brother. It is. I, Buckle I, up. I appreciate your commitment to shorts. I couldn't do it. It was too cold for me. And I'm a yeah. California guy. Should have been no problem. Wear yeah. shorts and flip-flops. I did wear flip-flops out to the store, though. Uh, yeah, winter is coming. It is coming here. I was here. hit in the face. Saturday morning, CYO football. We were at Hoban. And, um, you know, it was so nice Friday. I was. It was nice. The weather was great. Played a little golf. How great Wednesday nice, was. Yeah, it was Beamsy's birthday. Wednesday was unbelievable. Thursday yeah. was great. Beamsy's yeah. birthday was Friday. And then oh. his actual birthday was Saturday. Happy um, birthday. Yeah, yeah. Ten. Jeez. Ten. Yeah, so we did a little simulator at the club, and then a uh, little buddy's over for a swim and all of this. Then he had a youth football. He had a CYO game Saturday morning. And you feel, when you're in the 70s, and you you feel like you you see a number, and it was like it was like 52 or something like that is what it was Saturday morning. And you think, well, how bad can that be? Quite. But you're not prepared. You're not prepared for it. You still you do not have your winter skin on yet. No, that 40, 45 felt freezing. Yeah, and the wind cutting. So I was not dressed for it in any way, shape, or form, um, and it was cold. It was you dabble in cold. a lot of lighter hoodies, and this required a re- this required a real. This one is a little hoodie. a little bit more of a a little bit heavier, a little more girth to it. Um, so this mm. one would have been perhaps a better choice, um, but I had a vest on. That wasn't enough either. It really was it called for a coat is what yeah, it called for. I did. I wore my uh, starter. <sighs> that would have been that's now, perfect. That's perfect. It would have been perfect for, the, for that type of thing. So, yeah, winter is here and um, hit in the much like when you open the door and a cold breeze hits you in the face. That was the news that Deshaun Watson practiced inside and not out today, sir. Yeah, Shock. I did not see that coming, sir. I, I didn't see it coming either. Uh, certainly, I don't know what to make of it. If he doesn't practice on Wednesday, then I will officially be panicking. As of for now, not panicking. Not ideal. Would have loved to have seen it, but I'm not. 
panicking. If he does not practice on Wednesday, I will panic. Folks, the 49ers, we've been saying it for a while. They're the best team in the NFL. Does that mean they're unbeatable? No, of course not. Things can happen. Turnovers, anything can happen in a game. Injuries, turnovers, in, all of it. All of that stuff, yeah. But you can win on any given Sunday. But they are the best team in the NFL. I mean, they it was an absolute clinic dismantling. It was like a um a it was like a it was like probably you if you grabbed the Madden sticks and jumped onto rookie. And yeah. everything was just running wide open. Like there was nothing of any sort of resistance from the Cowboys whatsoever. It was just here, 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 here. You want some of this? A little bit of this? How about this? How about, you want the, fact, this? How about the fact they ran the exact same play the Lions ran? That was a touchdown for the Lions from Goff to Sam Laporte, their tight end. They ran the exact same play and threw a touchdown to Kittle on it. The exact same play. Exact have you seen play. them side by side? No, I've I mean they are exactly. By, I have not seen them side they by ran, side. They ran. They they ran the exact same play. It was yeah. They were just toying with them. Cowboys not good. And when they lost to Arizona, so you knew they were not. They weren't great. But I'll tell you what. It, it you've got to be. This is a good team. It is going to be, and we'll have all week to get into it, but that is a good, good team. It's funny. I heard someone today talking about how do they have, how do they afford all of these players? Well, because they're paying their starting quarterback eight Nothing. bucks. Nothing. That's why. Yep. When you're the last pick in the draft, and that, so their quarterback, think about their quarterback allocation. <laughs> so they're paying Darnold the minimum, and they're paying Purdy sixth round pick money. So now seventh was round. A, seventh round. That's right. Seventh. Literally the last. So pick now, of the draft. now you can throw around all the money you want to Ayuk and Debo and Bosa and McCaffrey, all of them. Can, Trent Brown, all of them, can, or Trent Williams rather, they can all get all the money because you're spending eight dollars at quarterback. Brock Purdy, a four-year, three point seven three million dollar contract. He okay. makes eight hundred seventy thousand a year. He can't even afford where he lives. No, he what? actually says he has a roommate and they split yeah, rent. He would have to. There's no way in that area that he would be able to. I mean, you have to be yeah. Pedro-esque to be able to live out there and make it work. Um, the The thing with uh, with with that, though, that's got to be the lowest salary of quarterbacks in the league. There cannot Probably. be a room that's less than that. And because they were able to trade Lance, so then Lance, Lance came, off. came off. Yeah, came right off. So the there's, nothing, there's nothing there. So that's how they they're able to do it. So yeah, you're going to need your A uh, to be able to be able to beat them. And even then, it might not be enough. Yeah, they're they're really good. They're going to have an off. I mean, the likelihood of them going undefeated is small, right? That does not happen very often in, in the NFL. So they're going to lose at some point. How about how about they uh, you know lose to us? That'd be great. We could. Well, use you're it not going to do it without what? four. I'll tell you that. No, I would, so. I would say I think that's probably fair. Although they've what never lost with that? Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft, they've never lost. Well, we have lost with a, a quarterback who was not picked high last week, so we, we, we know what yeah. that looks like. Yeah. What do you? Um, what do you? What do we? Do? What's going on here? I don't know. We'll hear from Stefanski in twenty minutes, but I mean, this is shocking, right? Coming off of a bye, it he feels was a borderline... shocking that everybody thought he was going to play on Sunday last week, including him, mm -hmm. and that he's still at least not. Now I don't know what he did on the inside. Maybe he did throw on the inside. I have no idea. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure that out. But or I don't know if we get any insight onto what he did on the inside. I haven't heard that yet. But you see, look, he's got. Well, hopefully he gets out there Wednesday and you get the normal week of work and you get ready to take on the 49ers. And you got to. I mean, this division is wide open. The Steelers, you, you Maloik is outrageous. 
It's well, all time Tom, right now. Tomlin's a sorcerer. Is it's what it all is. Time He's just right a sorcerer. Now. Is what he is. They should have lost that game by thirty. The Ravens dropped seven passes. They dropped three touchdowns. I know. Like I'm talking egregious drops. Yeah, but they don't. It's crazy. It's nuts. They get a blocked punt. Yeah. <laughs> they get a uh, a touchdown on a play that their offensive coordinator didn't even crack a smile for because it was an audible out of his bad call. Did you see that yeah, video of Canada? I did. Yeah. How does he not even smile? Yeah, hey, get excited. They lose. You're probably out of a job. Yeah. No, it's yeah. They're not. They are they're not. T- a, I'll tell you. They are not good. The Ravens aren't good either. The bank Burrow is close to back. There's a play in the second quarter of the game on a third, and he steps up in the pocket and runs, slides for the first down, and goes like this. Yeah. And you go, okay, he's got his mo- he's got some mobility back. Sure. So he hadn't done that the first few games of the season. Arizona's plucky. They're frisky for sure. They played a lot of people tough. They beat the Cowboys. Um, they, then they almost beat. They got smoked by the Niners. Okay, the Niners are another level though. Yeah. The Niners, Niners are everybody. on their own level, and then it's then it's Eagles and the Eagles Kansas are City are in too. the mix. Yeah, those those two teams are there, and then it's Kansas then it's City. Okay, the NFL's got to be real careful because you're putting on your own account. Oh, the Chiefs are you know two and zero since they became Swifties and this that whatever, and then the calls that they're getting seem crazy suspicious. I didn't watch all of the game. I saw it only on Red Zone, so I just saw like well, the money plays on. Go it. last week, mm-hmm. that penalty on Sauce Gardner, which probably was a penalty. Are but- you right here? Just so we're yeah. clear. You are suggesting that the NFL is rigging the game for Kansas no. City. I just want to be clear. So that they're rigging the game for Kansas City no, for the Taylor Swift, Swift impact? I'm not it saying that. It felt like that. you were I'm inferring saying, that we're on I'm the I'm saying they need to be careful because I think it could easily be misconstrued that way. Did you watch the end of that game? I did, yeah. How do you pick up that flag? The guy literally was interfering with him for the last 12 yards of that route. You're talking about the very last throw? Yes. Into it? Yes. Yeah. To Addison. If you well, watch that I think play the reason they picked side, it up is because the ball was like 12 yards inside of where Addison was. If you watch that play side by side with the play with Sauce Gardner from a week ago, it's literally the same thing. And the other one, there was an interception, so then they but throw the flag. But that one I thought was nuts, too. The Sauce one was brutal from was the a, time before. Either way, I'm just saying, there was they gave him a catch on the sidelines where the guy clearly had one foot in. There's a lot of – it's just – People yeah. have been complaining about the like Chiefs calls that they're it. getting. I'm saying they should be careful. I've seen so much of it that I'm saying they need to be careful. They're not. They're not fully formed. They're not. They're not playing that great. They're but not that great. They don't. They, they don't, have their a, weapons they have, are not that great. They have a supernova, and so we bank on the supernova being great when it matters. And, he and they're is. still four and one. Yeah, yeah. So they're you know that's that's they don't they haven't had like what's happened to Miami or Buffalo. Like they haven't had that yet, where they've gotten boat raced. That yep. that hasn't happened to them, so that's that's why they deserve to be, you know, kind of in that mix. For um, sure. But yeah, it's um, it's it's a pretty brutal situation when you think about everything that's coming in here. So we'll hear you'll hear from Coach in a few minutes on that, and we'll we'll play that for you. Uh, but Tonio Posick Najoku also did not practice. Miles was back on the practice field today from an injury standpoint. That is where you are on that side of things. Question for you. I'll try and answer it. When you are at Muirfield mm-hmm. and you have a milkshake, yeah, how long is that milkshake with you? So I, I would also tell you, so for the folks who don't know, they make these legendary milkshakes at Muirfield. And um, it is something that the players for the Memorial Tournament, when they go to Jack's place, 
they can't wait to get a milkshake. Like it's that legendary in terms of the status, and they will make you any milkshake you want, whatever flavor, however you want it done. They've got it. They'll do it. They're available not anywhere other than the men's locker room. That's the only place you can get them. Can't get them in the dining room. You can't get them anywhere else. It's only the men's locker room where they make them. Um, my rule of thumb on the milkshake um, when, when I've had them through the years is I never finish it. It's too much. I, I, I'm not Bootsy. I, I can't eat that much ice cream and milk and stuff anymore. I'm, I'm an old man now. So I'm about a half a milkshake guy, and then it's gone. So my rule is whatever I drink from the time I get it to my car – and then I throw it out in the last garbage can on the way to my car. So that's five, six, eight sips. Okay. Then I'm out. So I had the whole thing. Well, there you go. I could imagine a player having that. You have to have that when you are done playing, not for the day, for the tournament. <laughs> it's heavy. It's a big boy. It was in my belly like a lead balloon yeah. for legit over 24 hours. Now, when is the last Le- I'm time not, you- That's no exaggeration. When is the last time you had a milkshake? Decades. So I think there you go. That it's just, it's just not something. Or we even have a dairy product. Yeah, like dairy product. I'm not Other afraid than of a little, a little cheese ice here cream. there, but a little yeah. bit of ice cream. But that's a that's a whole milk, dude. That's a whole milk. That's a double scoop ice cream, and then it's toppings. Uh, fortunately, my topping was banana. That was probably the best part of my whole. Yeah, they're damn part. good though. Oh my goodness! So you played it. You played yes. it. Uh, when was that? I forget. Thursday. The Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. That you did it. Yeah. Um, I had set your over under at seventy eight and a half. I failed you. I shouldn't have, but I did fail you. I, I set it at seventy eight and a half. Yeah. Um, I set. Um, I set B over theirs at eighty. What did I set? No, ninety four and a half was him. I had him at ninety four and a yeah. half, and he was was under that, right? He was Just around it. He was around it. Around. I don't it. remember. Yeah. yeah, maybe he was at ninety two. Okay, Maybe. so perhaps under. Yeah, perhaps under. I was over. I had it going, and then it, it's just what it, tees it did you tough. play? The blues. We play as far back as you can. So play. you played Mirfield tees? No, you, those are not out. Oh, okay. So you played the 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 pro member, the, the like member sixty nine hundred yards. Okay, yeah, seventy. So Matt, now you've seen me hit eight shots and or twelve shots in my life. Now imagine me going out there and it rotating between the par fives, the fours, and the threes. From the Mirfield tees. Yep, yep. Do you do you see why I do not enjoy it? I, you wouldn't enjoy it from any tees. It sucks. I mean, I well, the it, very front you might be able to enjoy it a little, but the second shot, the second shot, it's the hardest second shot course in the world, I think, or that I've ever played. It is. The other thing too is like the par fives. You really a lot of them. You're kind of just hitting driving iron, eight iron wedge. So even though they're on the card, they don't look long. There's really no, you can't hit driver. Good way to really. go yeah. to get there in two, and no. then the shot that you would have to hit into a par five if you're trying to go for it in two is near impossible with great penalty. I mean, I it was such a difficult golf course. It was awesome. I can't wait to go back uh, and try it again. Um, but just to put in perspective, like I shot the 44 on the back nine. That's I haven't shot a 44 for nine holes in decades Mm -hmm. yeah and probably didn't play that bad no i did not hit that many i didn't hit bad shots today i could be like just a little off my target to the left and then you could be like on 14 i hit a money my little kind of three driving iron about 250 right down the left side just in the first cut which is the perfect angle to go Mm -hmm. the green but i was 
even though I was in the first cut, if I was going to hit it, I had to kind of stand in that creek. Oh, yeah. But if it was six inches to the right, I'm perfect. Yep. And that went from being a, you know, potentially birdie. It would have been like a 100-yard shot to the green mm -hmm. to a bad bogey. Like, it was just like that all over the place. And even when I hit good shots, they were not, reward they were not rewarded no. as such. Because some of those greens are so narrow and they're at like an angle to you. So the pin could be all the way, and the pins were in diabolical spots. 12 was all the way down in the front, just yeah, over the death, water. Death. I landed on the green and ended up in the bunker with a mm -hmm. wedge. I mean, yeah. like, where do you and want me to hit it? Good luck stopping it coming back. Yeah, where do you want me to hit it? Right, wedge downhill shot, downhill out of the bunker mm -hmm. into water. So you could hit the right distance, and if you were just a little bit to the left, it was in a back bunker. If you were a little to the right, it was in a front bunker. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just so – it gives you such a respect for just how good the – I mean, they're so – good it's crazy it's um, the only it's the only place that i've and i've, I've been like across. i would never play there if you were if you were a 12 handicap you would it would be miserable oh it, there yeah, would be no sure. joy for yeah you. i've played there with like 10s who shoot 105 yes easy yeah, it's, it's easy yeah the guy that we played with uh one of the guys who was a plus four mm -hmm. hit one green in regulation on the back end. guy's a plus four he hit yeah. one green in regulation like yeah yeah i don't a lot of the people now there's there's legendary guys who, like this legendary guy Pandel Savick who's one of the founders of the place d just died recently he, up into his 90s he was still shooting his age there it's incredible which is crazy so I guess there's institutional knowledge that would be part of it too yes. but like um like knowing where to play and how to play it but it, I, I just think like there's not a break there's not one where it's like oh this is easy I this is just there's just, a one easy hole there's not one easy hole there's not one hole where you go oh there's a big old green I'll just hit that thing somewhere and I'll two putt and I'll take my par and walk and even They're all the, brutal. Even on the greens, you often have to hit 50 feet away from the hole and like to the because you got to be shortened to the right of it so that it rides this whole ridge and goes down to where the hole is. But meanwhile, that spot that you actually can hit it and have it be a good shot is really small. Tiny. And if you miss it, you're and there's it's very there were not many up and downs from around the greens because it's just heavy, heavy, rough and you can't stop it and no. pretty much. It's always running away from you. It feels like it was. It you was can't awesome. chop out I, of the rough. You can't no. control it. You don't know where it's. It's. I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to play it again though. It was. It was awesome. And then the next day, I went and played Westfield, and I was like, "Oh my god, golf's easy again. <laughs> so, so much easier. So easy. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so easy. So good. And that had some crazy holes on it too. But it was like nothing. Nothing like me. No, he built. Jack built it for him. Totally, and it's set up for, for his game. Totally, I hit a. I when I'm playing my best, I hit a little bit of a fade, mm -hmm. and that course is one billion percent set up for somebody who hits it right to left. Yes, which is what he does. He High right it, to left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all everything's this way. So all of it. Yeah, anything. If you hit, if you go right, you're everything's fifty yards longer. Oh yeah, and there's because it all goes that. And way. there isn't room to start it down the left side. No, you hit a tree. You'll hit, or if you hit it straight, you know, when ones that you hit like that are you're going for the left side of the fairway and you hit it straight, you end up through the fairway in a creek. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did that three times on the back nine where yeah. I hit a good ball, about 290, 300, that was lands in the fairway. Yep. And then ends up in a creek. Yeah. And I'm like, how'd that happen? And then I was thinking, like, at my course or, you know, any of the course I play normally, even the very next the day before or the very next day, I'm hitting a wedge from 100 yards to the green. Yeah. And there, now maybe. I'm dropping and hitting three. And when you drop, there's nowhere good to drop because that rough by the water is so, so thick. And it's like this. And that's what the subtlety of the stances 
and where the ball is above or below your feet, which really does affect the ball, especially when you have to be as precise as you do there. It's it's an awesome test. I, I don't would, think you get any. I don't think you get hardly any level stances other than the tee boxes. Yeah, not many. And then the middle of most fairways, but anything on the edges of the fairways is all side heel downhill. That's it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It was. It was good. It ain't built for everybody, for sure. It's no, built like for I, very was, few, I was I talking think. to one of my buddies who has a a, a friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours who plays there quite a bit, and I think he's like a he's like a solid at at their course, like eleven, mm-hmm. and he's. He's after like he every time he says after like twelve holes like get me off score like I'm done. It's you also don't take into into account how hilly it is and so like even you and you in great shape but you're walking it and like the fatigue the mental fatigue of not being rewarded shots juxtaposed to the physical fatigue of up down up down up down like it's hard to get into a rhythm up ten down eleven up to twelve down to thirteen. 14 yeah, but up th- to and 15 13, you have to walk a long way to long get ways to the tee box yeah. and then it's kind of up, up and, and then back, down and then down and yeah. then down 14 up 15 yeah yeah it's full day full day. and the bunkers are in you can't see out of some of them for god's sakes if you miss miss any of the greens ones you're you can't even see the and they're all kind of like literally where you would hit it so the landing area when you're hitting a driver 280 to 310 the landing areas on a lot of these are like this big yeah it's tough pedro's here he is. We got a full day yesterday. Was how excited all, was he on the uh, on the Niners experience? He was great. We uh, we all it was going so well. We all called it at halftime because you know Miss Category for work. I had to go. I was like, it's been a long day. The beef soup, first beef soup of the year, was oh, and it Tremendous was beef a soup. smashing success. Oh, it was so good. It was elite. So yeah, we had a great day. Great day. A lot of football. The Jags Bills coming out at night. There was like, what a great way to start a Sunday. Yeah, I you just it. get right into it. Um, we'll we'll kind of go around all the stuff around the league here in j- just a second. Some other some big things we want to hit on here from a transactional standpoint. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, no ends the thing. They get him his money, and then Zach Moss runs for, runs wild, and it's like, why did you pay? That's the second Taylor? time in a. It's the second time in three weeks that Moss has run for more than 120 yards. Why would you? Why then, would you do? Why this? would you capitulate? That's what I understand. It seems like the most. So it's stupid. Like, just have him be there from the beginning. If you're going to have him, just do it from the beginning, and instead they don't. Crazy. And, and they crazy. lost their quarterback, sounds like, for at least a month. A good amount of time, which, by the way, will help if you – I think they'll be better with Minshew. They, that's twice now where they've won with Minshew you can, as the quarterback. Yeah. He's just you more can, stable. Richardson's got a, lot, a high, high ceiling, obviously, but he's also – sporadic I'll in take, performance i'll take for us when we play them i'll take Minshew back there with our ability to get after a quarterback yeah. as opposed to a guy who can make crazy runs and, yeah and do crazy things we had cooper cup making his debut he as great he looked great and it didn't stop the other guy either by the way cooper cup came back and played like he was normal yeah yeah jonathan taylor comes <laughs> back and what do you have three carries or nothing something like that? yeah nothing it was all zach moss it was all zach moss i don't understand i don't understand that at all um the um, the one from Thursday, which we didn't have a time to talk about. What happened? It's like no Chase Claypool and everything's good now. Justin Fields is great and the Bears are great and there's everything that everyone thought they'd maybe be in the offseason. It's sad, sad that we we had it but didn't have it because it was a Thursday. But I mean, we told you they were going to win. Now it was a Thursday, so pay attention sad for us. Yeah, but that was a stupefying game. How could the Commanders be so Jekyll and I? By the way. As somebody, this is, and I actually, this is the only Commanders game I've watched. But Same. as somebody who has Terry McLaurin, why isn't he on the field all the time? I don't. I feel like he's like on the field 
maybe 50% of the time, and typically yeah. it's to run a three-yard hitch. I, I couldn't make any sense out of their plan. This was a crazy week for fantasy because you had DJ Moore, Jamar, Char, uh, Jamar Chase. Um, who else went nuts? Jamar Chase week? went up for 50. Yeah. Well, 50, 5 0. What's his name was right there. He was 44, DJ Moore, 42, yeah, he was 44. Right he was yeah, right there. 47. So, Kittle yeah. had three touchdowns. I mean, it was a crazy. Kittle had three catches. Yeah, it was it was a pretty crazy, crazy weekend from the fantasy side of things. Um, all right, coming up next, you'll hear from Coach at the podium. Uh, we'll also go around a very big NFL Sunday. Uh, the Hoff will join us for the Joe Thomas half hour of the program coming up at 2 o'clock. We are off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If your game plan for this season includes buying or selling a home, Howard Hanna has the answer, delivering a winning strategy for breaking down the game of real estate as the market leaders in Northeast Ohio. More buyers and sellers trust Howard Hanna with a, to be their winning team. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today for more. And now let's head to the podium, your head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Us an update on why Deshaun wasn't outside of practice today? Yeah, just part of his rehab, uh, still working through everything. I think with all of our guys, um, you know, just going to treat all of our injured guys day to day and uh, make sure that we're making smart decisions. Is it possible he did not play Sunday as he continues to rehab? Yeah, I'm not going to get into specifics about, you know, Sunday. I think, I know it's a broken record, but really just treat it day by day. Did he come back from, from the bye still suffering from like some pain or some issue lingering issues? Yeah, in the not going to get into all the specifics, Mary Kay. Uh, he's doing a he's doing everything in his power, working around the clock uh, with rehab. So uh, he's just doing what what he's being told to do in, in terms of his rehab process. Just on that though, Kevin, if if he was cleared to play in that uh, Ravens game, what is he what is he working on if he's medically sound? Yeah, I think the piece there that's important uh, is medically cleared versus functionally able to do your job. And I think uh, that's what, with all of our guys, when you're working through an injury, uh, you need to be able to functionally perform. Uh, and that's what Deshaun's working very hard uh, in his rehab to be able to get back to 100%. Is he been able to throw better strength? Yeah, yeah, he's working through uh, the, the, this process, and, and he, you know, he's getting better. Feel like um, DTR would be your starting quarterback in the event that Deshaun couldn't count. Again, you know the guys did a nice job with practice today, but we're not going towards Sunday just yet. But DTR, like we talked about, uh, young player getting better. Can you tell us, if you don't mind, if um, if Deshaun underwent further tests when he got back, just to make sure there's still no structural damage? Yeah, I still feel uh, good about all those type of things. Uh, you know, he's working really hard, doing everything that he's being asked to do medically uh, so that we can get him back out there. And he'll be out there as soon as he's ready and, and functionally ready. 
Kevin Hibby last week told us that, <coughs> excuse me, ball security was priority one through 50 on the, I agree. On the chart. Um, other than just reinforcing, you know, through drills and such, how do you make that not happen? Well, I think it's it's the best stat there is uh, when it comes to winning and losing because it involves everybody. It's not just an offensive stat. It's an offense, defense, special team stat. Uh, so it's so important as you look at these games and, and you look like I was sitting on the couch watching these games. It, it's, it's everything when you're talking about giving it away or taking it away. Um, so we need to be need to be better we're minus seven right now which doesn't get is not going to get it done now we're minus seven right now you know it matters what we are moving forward so major emphasis uh for all three sides of the ball anybody who touches that rock uh to to you know do everything in their power uh to gain yards while maintaining ball security and then getting the ball on defense and special teams uh, opportunities for us to get the ball so uh, major point of emphasis uh, and then it goes back to just not the point of emphasis but technique and and that's what we worked on today uh, whether you know it's center quarterback exchange or a running back running through getting the ball knocked trying to knock it free or with our dbs working to knock the ball out so it, it goes back to not just the mentality not just the emphasis but also technique andrew berry said that uh jad wills isn't playing like he wants to but he also said that He's going to play better going forward. What makes you think uh, he's, he's going to play better? Yeah, I just think you focus on the work and you focus on that practice just now and getting better with your technique. Uh, when you're playing tackle in this league, you're going to have some moments where the other side gets you. There's some good rushers, as we all know. Uh, but he's going to continue to battle and I think continue to get better. Does he follow, does he play to the whistle? Yeah, you know, you have to. And I think with our quarterback, uh, you know, with extending plays, you, you can't just play to the whistle. You have to really play through the echo of the whistle because you're trying to keep plays alive as much as possible. Does it? He's trying. Progressing with his foot. Yeah, doing better. Yeah, doing better. Do you expect Jordan Kanasik to be back this week? Yeah, I'm not sure about this week. He's getting really close. Uh, another guy that's working very hard, but uh, we'll see how, how the rest of this week goes. Kevin, how pleased are you with the, the development individually of a lot of your guys defensively? It just seems like so many of your players on that side of the ball playing the best of their careers. Yeah, I think that's a big piece of this, Jake, is, uh, you know, guys getting better year to year, getting better week to week. Um, I think you, in a given season, you, you try to evolve offensively, defensively, special teams, if you will. But I do think there's guys that uh, are understanding what we're doing schematically and, and ultimately just applying those techniques. Uh, and I think you could go specifically the defensive side of the ball. I think you could go through all three levels of guys that are, are really applying the techniques and having success doing it. Did you change anything about how you handled the five weeks? Uh, not material. Well, I mean, you look at everything. Yes, you look at different meetings that you have, different things that you do with the players. Uh, but I think every year is so different when the buy is so different uh, also. Um, so, we, we, yes, we change uh, things here and there, but not to say that it's wholesale. What did you think of the 49ers? Yeah, obviously played really well last night. I've been playing very, very good football on all three sides of the ball. Uh, you know, we had really one eye on them last week in our – work in our bye week work and then we'll really dive into them uh, starting today. Kevin, I know the sample size isn't that big to do a self scout, but aside from the, the turnover issue there, what were maybe one or two things that you took away from that? Oh, to the team or? Specific? Yeah, as you went through your, your bye week self scout. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, not a you know, four game sample size and then uh, some circumstance with a weather game and those type of things. So you're trying to look at all of it uh, and parse out 
you know, some individual things that we can do better with players, some schematic things. Um, but but there's a you know so much football left to play, uh, so it's you really have to be careful not to over look you know spend too much time looking at four games uh as we know every, every week's a challenge every week's a different challenge certainly this week uh, a very very good football team coming to our place so uh try and focus on on the things that we do well uh, and that you have to do well in terms of trying to beat a good team that a little bit of a disadvantage because the bye came so i know you can't control it but the bye comes so early that now you know the typical mid-season self-scout that you might do. You're not going to be able to do that. Well, I still think you do it. I th still think when you get to that mid-season uh, time, you just don't press pause for a week to do it. But you still absolutely uh, look at those things. I mean, four games. Every team typically uh, breaks it into four games. Uh, you know, they screwed it up when they made it 17. It's not divisible anymore, Jeff. But um, those four games are important to understand because. Typically, that's what your opponent is looking at. They're looking at your last four. So uh, we still look at all those things uh, every four games, sometimes every every week. Uh, where the bye was and where you're taking a break maybe with your players is a little bit different. All right, there's Coach from earlier today. Hey, Browns fans, Cleveland Browns Daily broadcasting live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Menor next Tuesday, October 17th, 1-3. to 3. Special guest Reggie Langhorn will sign autographs on site from 2-3. to 3. Visit Cleveland Browns Facebook page to learn more on that. A very big and wild NFL Sunday. We'll recap it all coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supplies Plus give you the chance to win tickets to home games all season long while providing the best deals for your pet at over 75 stores throughout Ohio. Enter to win at clevelandbrowns.com slash Pet Supplies Plus and receive a coupon to use at your local store. With your entry, Pet Supplies Plus, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. You know, speaking of pets, today was the day for uh, Buddy Garrity. Snip, snip. Oh, boy. Snip, snip. All right. I'll, maybe it'll kill. It was so down. sad. So as we... <laughs> As I'm taking him up this morning to, you know, he had to load him into the car, and he thought, oh, we're all right, Dad, we're going for a walk. What's the, what's the harm? What's the harm? Dude, as soon as we came around the corner of the house and he saw the car running, and one of our cars we used for, like, taking him to the vet and, like, sports and football, and it's kind of a junk car. When we make that corner, he saw that car stopped like this. I'm like, oh God, oh God, buddy. You got. I was gonna say, you got to You got to go. get him over that because. Yeah. I know friends of mine that have gotten to the point now that like they have to sedate the dog just to get the dog in the car. Well, this ain't going to make it better. What happened today? I wouldn't think. Nope. So last night I was explaining to the boys, you know, what was going to happen, and they were like hard, like understanding what was going to happen with him. And I said, I go, you know, with the new order, uh, the law of the land now is, is that I have to choose one of you to remain masculine, and the other two, I'm have to get snipped. So it'll, like what he's going through, two of you guys are going to go through it. As well, and NBC is old enough that he could kind of tell that you're kidding. that I'm I'm full of it. Yeah. But the other two were not. Bootsy quickly goes, "Take theirs, take, <laughs> take theirs. theirs," like that. Beamsy goes, "Save me." Beamsy goes, "Who ordered that? The president?" It's <laughs> amazing. amazing. How do you keep a straight face? Oh, it just, that boy? Oh, it's so fun. Who it's so ordered fun that? With him. He wanted to know who ordered the uh, who ordered the code red. 
So yeah, so he's apparently all went well, but um, so I guess he'll we'll pick him up here this afternoon and see how it all went. Oh boy, yeah, poor fella. So now he's got to have a cone on his head for the next few days. Yeah, it's funny. Amy said yeah, to me, she's stuff. like, Amy was really emotional about it, and I said, I go, this is. I remember it being a nothing. I don't remember our dogs having cones. I remember like they just, they were just living. Like they came home and were frolicking. I don't remember anything. Love, it could have been how I grew up, though. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say you. You were exposed. I will to ask it. you to ask your wife how emotional it is when they give you the bill when you pick up said dog. It's going to be exciting. I look oh. forward to that a great deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get emotional when that comes. No. No. It'll be less than that. I'm certain. A little anger, maybe the other way. Probably the other way. Yeah. It's not going to go well, but it had to happen. So we'll see how. Uh, see how is what his response time is like. Um, it is obviously you prefer to have your own team to root for um, and watch, but it is kind of nice to get a week to just observe the league. Yes. I enjoy it. I enjoy not having to feel like I have to watch every play, be locked in every second, like to be able to just kind of watch the whole league. And because of Red Zone or you have the YouTube TV where you have the four screens, like you Pedro can, can handle you it. You can really, he did, I bet it's a lot. Couldn't handle it. I'm not sure I could, to be so honest. I like four I, screens. My on one, favorite is three games and red zone is the fourth and i'll keep like yeah. i want because i wanted to watch steelers raven so i wanted that to be on at all times yeah. and then we'd also have red zone and so i would have the sound on steelers ravens unless they went to commercial then i put sound on red zone obviously and then if something exciting was having the red zone i'd zoom in because it's so easy to go into one game and then come back out of it it, it couldn't handle it couldn't handle it too much football i'm like commentating three plays in a row like play 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 mm -hmm. and they're just like Wah. it is a lot if you're not used lock to lock in, yeah, it's a, it is a lot. Lock I, in. I go. I had um, Steelers Ravens primary, and then I had Red Zone on the secondary. Right, and and that was nice to be able to. That's what I was trying to do, and have it all going. It was yeah, it was fine. It was this is a um, th there's a lot. No one's really playing great except for San Francisco consistently. Even Philly, they're not. They win which is scary that they win despite not playing at their best. They were really good in the second half yesterday in the game. But um, there isn't – in the AFC, there's nobody who's, who's a gangbuster. I mean, I know they, they got slumped. They gave up 52 weeks ago, though. They got and slumped. Tua wasn't great yesterday. They ran it. Yeah, the picks. Yeah, he was He was not as clean as he has They're been. They're just A-chan, Tyreek, Waddle, most A lot of weapons. Any play can go the house from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, oh, they have they have the elite speed certainly, um, but yeah, I mean Jacksonville looks like they benefited quite a bit from staying over there. Yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah. Buffalo going over Friday, so they hammer the, the Miami on Sunday, and then they don't they stay in Buffalo all week, and then they go over to London Friday to play Sunday, and that's what it looked like um, for as as. Just as another uh, isn't that what went we did today? Maybe? Baltimore no, went we today. Went Thursday night. Baltimore plays their Sunday, and they went today. They went today. They went today. They play the Titans but over there, and Titans. they're going later in the week. Yeah, I don't know because who's going later in the week? Titans, Titans are going like Thursday, I think. I I wonder. I mean, it, it, it's almost like just going to the West Coast, though, isn't it? For Baltimore? No, for Buffalo. I mean, isn't it? It's probably what a four or five hour flight. Oh, it's got to be six, doesn't it? To London from Buffalo? You guys have been over there more than at me. Least, I feel like it's at least six. At least six. Yeah, upstate New York? I think so. 
for sure. How far is it from like LaGuardia or I guess Kennedy? I guess six, six. Oh, so yeah. yeah, it's got to be six plus from Buffalo. Five, yeah. five and a half. Yeah. yeah, and then Baltimore's left today to play there. You're adjusting the clock too, right? You know, there's that part of it that you're trying to get locked in as well. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know when a good time is to go. I mean, we went Thursday night. We got in Friday morning in London. We practiced there on Friday. Yep. Uh, Saturday walk through at the stadium and Sunday game, and then those games seem to be trip home. Oh man, jeez, Louise! Those games seem to be whoever like kind of gets out to the good start typically wins. Now the Bills kind of like the primetime game so far this year. By the way, they're all dogs. They're all beatings. Another one yeah. coming your way tonight. I don't know what's going to happen this tonight. This game should at least be should competitive. Be competitive I hope. Neither one's that good. If I, had to, if I were a betting man, I would bet that Vegas starts quick and that the Packers make it close late would be my I guess. Be awake. No. That's the way their games have been going. That's the way all Packers games go. They get down early and then, you know, he puts on a little – He puts on a, Bryce Love puts on a little bit of a show as it goes along. Um but that, that's kind of the way that that thing goes. Anything else jump out from yesterday? No. No? no. Well, we got, I mean, are we going to do six it? minutes. Oh. So we need some things to jump <laughs> oh. out. All right, fine. I got, I got, I got, so you mentioned the need Zach something. Moss thing. Detroit is legit. Detroit is very legit. Well, we got one thing. You know, I want to go through everything tomorrow. But Detroit is, I think, incredibly good. I like David Montgomery as the hammer for them. They didn't have Gibbs, no problem. They're going to start to incorporate Jamison Williams even more. Laporta is the real deal. Goff looks great. Aiden Hutchinson's pick was wild. Um, I thought you saw some young people. Bijan Robinson's one-handed catch, fake kind of behind-the-back dribble, and then crossover touchdown. That camera is so cool that they have in Atlanta in that dome. The one right above. Yeah, that somehow yeah. stays right above the people. is that That's pretty wild. Um, we, so we can do just more for, thoughts tomorrow, but I, I got another well, one too. Patriots, by the way, stink. So I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest development of the of the of the early season. Um, would probably the number one thing would probably be that the 49ers are kind of head and shoulders to start. Yes, and that um, that Brock Purdy is legit as just as legit as can be. It reminds me a little bit of Steve Nash on the Suns on those Suns teams with, with Stoudemire and Marion. Mm -hmm. He's just so efficient. The ball is always where it needs to be mm -hmm. in the in the right place at the right time. At the it's at the right tempo. Everything he's a he's the epitome of a point guard, um, is what he is. And I mean that as a highest compliment to him because Steve Nash is one of my favorite players of all time. But I I just think that's what he's doing right now. He has the talent for it. He certainly has the aptitude for it. He's unflappable. And the ball is where it needs to be on target with pace. Every single drop back. And he's got good, subtle movement in the pocket. His ability to just kind of – his ability to really do everything that you need to do to play quarterback. Like, he is he is an elite, elite quarterback. That is just – that's a fact. That's the bottom line. Um, the other by, thing I would say through the first month is, is New England. Patriots are dreadful. By the way, if, if again, if you're Jim Nance, what did I do to tick off CBS? So what game did he have this weekend? That's a great question. They but were on. They were on. Uh, I, I don't Kansas know, City, Minnesota. Oh, that's right. So okay, they had Kansas Which City, is Minnesota. Yeah. That what was do, okay. What yeah. do they have this coming Sunday? Is this real? This is really what they have. Yeah. Why? This is the this is the number one doubleheader game. Why this? Why? Why this late into the season? 
Why is this happening? Would that would that happen? So it's Patriots at Raiders is the CBS National Game of the Week. Yeah, that's at four oh five though. It doesn't even feel like an. It should be four twenty five. You got Lions Bucks at four twenty five. You got Eagles Jets. Well, the Jets aren't good. Uh, the best game is probably Seahawks Bengals at one. So Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, and Evan Washburn are doing that one. Bengals Seahawks. Yeah, that's the best of the uh, CBS slate. It, and that is the best. Didn't the Bucks and rough. didn't Bucks and Lions get flexed? They yes. did. So so they're going into Sunday night. So yes. what was Sunday night? No, uh, they got flexed to four twenty. Oh, they flexed to four twenty five. Sunday yes. night states. Sunday nights. Giants. Bills. Oh my God. Uh, Panthers. Dolphins. Uh, commies. Falcons. Colts. Jags is the CBS lineup on. For that's uh, tough. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I believe. I have not seen it officially from them, but we will have the Fox A team for one o'clock. Burkhart, that's Olsen, appropriate, and Aaron Andrews. Yeah, I believe uh, Rinaldi as well. I think is on. Yeah, they go two sidelines on that that group. I so that's they will have it's funny team. when you sent Fox A team. I immediately thought Buck and Buck Aikman. And so did I. As soon as you said like, it, I thought, oh yeah, they're not. By um, the way, Joe Buck and his wife uh, will handle pregame and halftime tonight. Scott Mapelt has no voice. Ah. Oh, no. There you go. So buckle up on that. Literally, in this case. Yeah, pun intended. Um, The Patriots suck. Terrible. This is year five post-Brady. They are hopeless. They are are a bad football team across the board. They have no hope offensively whatsoever. There's no doubt that this is it for Belichick in New England. Like, they're not going to run this back. No. They'd be best served to tank and try to pick one of the quarterbacks high. Um and then that leap, Belichick is what amounts to about 17 games, I think, short of Shula for the all-time wins record. And it's something that people say is near or dear to his heart that he would be able to track that down. He's in his early 70s. He's got to go someplace that can win. Clearly. Is that the Chargers? Maybe. Where he can paratroop into that situation and give him some structure and, and try to win. But like based on what you've seen of him the last five years, are you sure you would want to? I think you'd have to come in and be just like, be your – defensive guy i guess yeah head coach set a structure but he's certainly not handling you want him anywhere near offense or personnel or person no definitely he's just a coach right agreed yeah they wild they are conclude how conclusive brady has won yes how comprehensively brady has won that conversation not that it was i think at times it was a battle right like sure who's more responsible and it's like very clearly the quarterback Here's the other one. Texans are in great hands with Stroud. Unbelievable they lost that game. They just couldn't convert and, and get touchdowns He's when good. they needed it. I loved the Jets beating the Broncos. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are already fighting. And did you see what Robert Sala said? To I sure him? did. Stay humble. Stay that, humble. What a just. That's great. Yeah. Zach Wilson was competent-ish. They, the defense is good enough. Defense is really good. Brees Hall is amazing. Brees Hall is amazing. Get a quarterback. Garrett, I cannot watch Garrett Wilson become yeah. a three catch for twenty yard a week guy. Yeah, the kid can't. He just can't throw it out there. Who's, who's in a, well, I guess Alave was in a, is in a little better spot. But I still think go get. Just, I mean, let me just just Alave is catching back, one ball a game right now. Circle back to the Patriots. Like the Saints have sucked. It's terrible, and for a month, a yeah. they beat them thirty to nothing. The Patriots were favored. The Patriots were favored in that game. That's right. Yeah. I thought for sure. You, Bill failed. Yeah. He, you, you were, you were, I thought, thought he was going to summon his powers. One time. I think, he's, he might I think be, both those teams sucked. He might be without power. Yeah. They would be best served to lose the rest of the games. 
Um, and Carolina might not win anyway. Carolina. So the Bears will be fine. They're going to pick. They'll end up with Marvin Harrison Jr. And away they go. How bad are Carolina's? No, no easy way to fix that. No, the the he. That's the other thing. That's the most I've watched of him. He is too. He is too small. Yeah, it's tough. He's not like like Kyler was small, but Kyler was such a dynamic athlete. Yeah, he's not that. He's not that at all. No, no, he's a very different player um, than Kyler. The ball looks giant in his hands. Yeah, like there was one where he was in shotgun and the running back was bent over next to him. You know, like a running back would be in a shotgun to his right, and the running back's helmet was higher than his helmet, and he was standing straight up. Yeah, yep. Like Miles Sanders dwarfs him. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. That's tough. Hey, Browns fans, stop by Tide Cleaners in Rocky River today. Beginning at 4.30, meet Brownie and register to win tickets wow. to the upcoming Browns home game with any purchase. Be sure, to, be sure to visit any Tide Cleaners during the month of October for a chance to win tickets to an upcoming Browns home game. You're automatically entered to win with any purchase. All right, the Joe Thomas half hour of the program coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns, avocados from Peru and Meyer want you to enter the ultimate football sweepstakes, your chance to win a 2023 Ford Lightning electric pickup truck, a VIP tour of the Cross Country Mortgage Campus, and a $1,000 or a $1,000 Meyer gift card. Visit your local Meyer, clevelandbrowns.com slash avocados. For more time for the Joe Thomas half hour of the program on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. We are joined now by the Hoff. Hoff, take us Hoff. through. So you go, you you slay Mighty Wapiti, then Ring of Honor, and then Vegas? Is that what we're in the middle of here or just coming out of? No. All right. Gibby, have him call back. It's not pure joy. You know what I want? A supercut of of me introducing a guest with a question like that, and then silence. Yeah, because we could do to quite a bit twice. D Orlando, D Orlando, Ledbetter. It's happened to many. I mean, it happened to um, many. There was one where it happened on back to back days. Yeah, I think it's happened to Hoff maybe three times at least. The guy's a Hoff. Hit, hit him with the question, and then but a little respect, and then there's some sort of disconnect when it comes to getting him on the air. I will say this, however, when we're trying to get him on the top of a mountain in the middle then of Utah, then it's fine. It's fine. He admits that the phone signal might not be totally there. Hoff, what did you hear of my introduction, if anything? So, Do we have uh, a hey! 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 Oh, wow! Oh my God, the Hoff is connected. In 2023, we can talk to somebody who's in some <laughs> other location. Another location. We did it. Hoff, what did you get of my intro, if any? I heard everything. It was flawless, uh, Emmy-worthy, and I'm so yes. sad that I was not able to follow through with the great introduction with uh, a lovely setup of my weekend in Vegas, which included an Adele show that I was wow. ready to oh. sign back up to go watch her the very next night because it was so fantastic. Run wow. it right back. That's like you only hear that about Taylor Swift from the Swifties. There's a there's a vocal talent though with Adele. Oh, just yeah. Where did you see her, Hoff? She was at Caesars, um, oh. so like in their little theater that they had oh, there. Yeah, uh, it was incredible. They had this ginormous like 
half semicircle stage moving walls that are kind of behind her that are playing videos and doing the, the 4D treatment where, you know, you, you can make it look like it was raining and it was thunderstorming. And then they had confetti and things falling on people that were in the crowd to kind of make it a little bit more touchy-feely where you feel like you're, you know, one part of the show. Um, it was it was amazing. I, I could listen to Adele sing anything because that vocal talent is generational. It reminds me of, have you ever seen The Greatest Showman? My kids love that show. Oh, yeah, yeah great yeah. film. Uh, yeah. Jenny Lynn, the great. Jenny uh, Lynn, yes. Swedish Nightingale or whatever. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I feel like um, Adele is on that par with her. And so hearing her was just spectacular. And, and to be truthful, she had the same vocal cord type surgery that I did. And so she only plays like Friday and Saturday night. And then she goes on vocal rest like right after for, I don't know, a day or two. Um, and you could hear at the end of the show, she was kind of starting to lose her voice. And so, hey, I think you should go see Adele now if you're ever interested, because I don't know how much longer she's going to be able to perform because I just don't know if the vocal cords will hold up. And she's on a residency there, right? So like there's probably a lot at stake here for this financially quite a bit would be my, would be my guess. Rest those. You got to rest those vocals. You got to rest that half. Give us food highlights. So we went to Nobu on Friday, which Mm. was incredible. You know, a bunch of those Mm. um, in the world. They're all fabulous. The one go-to dish is always like their little Wagyu uh, steak cubes that you you know you pay a hundred million dollars per ounce, uh, but it feels like it's worth it when you throw it in your mouth because it comes out on these little hot rocks. They pour a little alcohol on it and they light it on fire, and so it just like briefly flash fries it, flash uh, cooks it, and then you use little chopsticks. It's always amazing. Just the best of the best Wagyu on earth. Um, so that was a huge highlight. And then we went to Cathedral the night before, um, which I think was in Caesars. You know, it's weird when you're in Vegas. You have, like, no idea where you are. Where Every you are. Looks yep. It's all a maze. You have no idea. You just jump in a cab, and then all of a sudden you come to another place that looks exactly like where you left, but it's got a different restaurant. Um, but we had this really cool sea bass that was baked in salt. You know, they, they layer it up with like an inch of salt. They bake it, bring it out. They cut the salt away, and then they kind of cut the fish up into little pieces. I thought that was really cool. That's the first time I've ever had a salt-baked fish. And it's not a real salty flavor to it. It's just a way of kind of keeping the moisture in. Um, but it, it was awesome. So I, I would say those were kind of my two highlights from the meals when we were out there. But everything you eat out there is just amazing. Yeah, lot, yeah, lots, yeah, lots to choose from there, my friend. Um, so the news that we had this morning that Deshaun Watson did not practice uh, with the team coming out of the bye surprised us. Um, did it the same for you? And is it is it fair to question if there's more to this injury than, than maybe we were led to believe? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the question that we all want to know about because it seemed like even though he didn't throw in practice uh, the week before the Ravens, when I was at practice talking to Stefanski and watching everybody, it just had the feel that he was going to play, that it was kind of just, hey, we'll rest him up for the week. He's got a bruise. He'll come out here on Sunday. He'll be fine. Then um, he didn't play, and I think that was a huge surprise. But then you said, okay, well, a lot of times when you got the bye week coming up, coaches will say, well, let's rest him this week because then we can give him basically two weeks full rest, 
and he'll be ready coming out of the bye. So when Deshaun didn't practice today, now I'm starting to ask the same questions you guys are asking. Like, is there more to this injury? Is something else going on? Like, why is he not back out there? Because we were all kind of led to believe that it was somewhat minor, especially by the fact that everybody expected him to play last week. And so you would think that if he was almost ready to play and he tried to go out and, and throw on game day and he just didn't have it, that give him one more week, he should be maybe not 100%, but good enough to go out and play and play up to your normal ability. So obviously it's really concerning going out there today. Uh, now, granted, it's a Monday, so it's typically a day that they don't practice. But coming out of a bye week, you would expect him to go out and um, be throwing the football around and feeling pretty good. Huff, you've played with, you said it in your speeches, a, a litany of quarterbacks. I, I think it's pretty clear for us that, you know, this season hinges very much on Deshaun Watson and his ability to play. How do guys, like, in a locker room when you know, and I don't know how many quarterbacks you had in that tenure, unfortunately, where you're like, oh, yeah, if this guy's out there, we have a really good chance to win, so that maybe the drop-off wasn't as severe for you in some of these instances. But how do you kind of deal with that? I mean, I, I would think that, you know, you know that, if Deshaun plays, we have an infinitely better chance of winning than if he does not. Yeah, and I think uh, we thought DTR played well in the preseason because he did. And I think hopes were high that you know, this young kid could kind of shock the world and be a, a very good player from day one. But, you know, his first outing was not very positive. Uh, I think sure. putting it mildly, we did not look very good, didn't look comfortable, looked like the moment was, was too big for him. And that was not something we saw in the preseason. He looked very cool, calm, collected. He got all those games under his belt playing in a pretty big spotlight out there in UCLA. Um, and so I think it was a surprise. But you do have to, I think, re reflect back, and this is what I did after watching the game, that the NFL preseason in today's football is just not what it used to be at all. Not only the quality of the play, but – nobody even game plans anymore. I mean, so everything is just so vanilla. It's really hard to really take much out of a preseason performance and extrapolate on that and say that somebody's ready or not ready for the regular season. Um, so from the Browns' perspective, I think after watching DTR in the game against the Ravens, like everybody knows, if Deshaun's there, we got a chance. If he's not, I'm not sure we're feeling very good about our opportunity and our, ch our chances for success. Well, no, and you're, you're coming out of a bye week at 2-2, two and two, um, and, and I said this going into it, and that was with the notion that a, you'd have a healthy Deshaun Watson returning to, to action this week. It's almost like a season restart because what you were or what you thought you were going to be at the end of the preseason is very different than what you are now because you do not have Nick Chubb and you don't have Jack Conklin. Yep. So you're a totally different team than what you thought you were going to be uh, coming out of the preseason. So it's almost like, to me – this week against San Francisco, it's almost week one. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think it is fair because it was such a weird four games before the break that uh, you didn't really get a whole lot of answers. I mean, going into the season, you expected Deshaun to play better, to look better than he did last year. And, and you got that um, against the Titans. Yep. But then – the injury thing was weird. He, he didn't play well in week one or two. And, and the one thing you knew that you felt like you could count on on offense was that, all right, we're going to have Nick Chubb. He's the best running back in the NFL. We can run block. We can, we can run the football on anybody. 
So to not have him, the weight of expectation and the weight of the success of this team really lays squarely on Sean Watson's shoulders. Um, so the importance of getting him out there healthy and having him play good football like we saw uh, against the Titans is even more important because you can't fathom a way the Browns can win games without Deshaun Watson out there. And I know the defense is one of the best in the NFL, but without Nick Chubb, and unless they bring in some other running back, I don't know if we have a stable of running backs right now where we could just go out and say, hey, we're going to run the ball 40 times, and it's going to give us a chance to win, even with that great defense. How, how big of a loss was Jack Conklin in the sense that, you know, Dewan's done a good job in pass pro, but there's been a definite drop-off in run blocking. It was, was Jack Conklin maybe – did we not appreciate how good he was in that aspect of the game? Uh, I, I agree. Um, when he was with Tennessee, his first year he was named All-Pro. It was largely because of the way they run blocked. And he was a huge part of um, making Derrick Henry the household name that he is. And so I think the, the pass blocking that he gave you, which was obviously really good, um, was far surpassed by how good he was in the run game especially the outside yeah. zone stuff. Um, you know, our, our guards are great at pulling and our center, especially Nick Harris is, is pretty good at moving and getting out front of guys that are pulling on some of those toss cracks and uh, the pin pull type schemes. But Jack Conklin was among the best, or at least one of the best outside zone, zone blocking tackles in the NFL. And I think Dewan has done a nice job, but you just missed, a guy that's that exceptional in the run game to be able to set the point of attack, <clears throat> to get movement on those defensive ends, to work in combination with his guards and his tight ends. Um, you just missed that. And I think he missed that veteran presence too, because Dewan's done a great job, but he's not exactly going to be out there telling Njoku who, who they're going to on combinations or where the pass protection scheme is being called. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure he's leaning a lot on Wyatt and, Subsequently, then your tight end isn't getting the information that he normally would if you do line up next to a, a pro's pro and a guy who's a veteran like a Jack Conklin. I think one thing we can all agree on, the defense is going to be good and it's going to be elite, quite frankly. It should be all season long, barring some injury there. That, that is something that you can certainly roll with. Joe, when you look around the north, you had the Ravens losing to the Steelers inexplicably uh, yesterday, but that's kind of what Pittsburgh – somehow Pittsburgh's 3-2. and two. I have no it's idea crazy. how, but because they're, they're just – I, mean, well, I guess we lived it. We watched it. And then Cincinnati bounces back. They It feels like that was the first, like, Joe Burrow getting back game for them. They, they Jamar Chase had 15 catches in the game. What do you make of the North here uh, through the first quarter of the season? Yeah, there's really not a whole lot to make of it because it is so unusual. I think just watching all those games, you can say, all right, we feel that by the end of the season, you know, the Bengals will have it figured out and – they kind of read the ship last week um, or this, this past week on Sunday. Uh, we feel like the Browns, the Ravens were right there, you know, the three of us. Um, and then the Steelers just watching them play. They just don't have an offense that can compete there. Their, their defense is really good, but their offense just hardly does anything all week long. Um, and to have them sit where they are at three and two tied with the Ravens for first place is a head scratcher, but how they got there, right? You know, we, we saw one of them, unfortunately. And then when they go against teams that just make a ton of mistakes, 
ton of turnovers, self-inflicted wounds. They took advantage of it. So you got to give them credit there. But I think the rarity of playing against NFL teams that make the number of mistakes that we did playing against them and then that the Ravens did playing against them is not something that you can count on for 17 weeks. So I do think that the Steelers are still going to be the bottom uh, dwellers in this division by the end of the, the season. But it's wide open to me between us, the Ravens, and then the Bengals because I don't think anybody has really separated themselves just by the old eye test watching those teams on film. And really, it's probably going to come down to, in my opinion, how Deshaun Watson comes out of this bye week. How does he look? Does he continue to progress? Because if he does that, I think with our defense and the skills that we have on offense, our ability to throw the football and the studs we have at receiver, I think we'd be a a tough out. And I think we we can win the division. But Going back to what we said earlier, I mean, it's going to come down to how Deshaun Watson plays. It, it most certainly is. Steelers have a bye next week. Then they go at the Rams, home for the Jags, home Titans, home Packers, at Browns, at Bengals. I feel like that will be a pretty critical six-game stretch for them. For the Browns, you're right. we got to get Deshaun back. It's the division. I really didn't even know what I wanted to root for. I don't know what what you guys thought yesterday in that Steelers-Ravens game. Did I want the Ravens to come back to us and the Steelers to get another win? Did I want the Steelers to just be start to really fall to the wayside? I didn't know what I, I, think it's I, don't know what I was rooting for. As much for. as it pains, I think that's the better result. Is Baltimore getting the loss? Yeah. Is better than them jumping out to 4-1? and one And and everybody being closer together benefits us, I think. I agree. That's what, ultimately, I was I was yeah. happy with. That. Although it's like you're watching it, you're like these punks do not deserve to be three and two. No, but Tomlin's a wizard. I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know. Doing. There's some sorcery that happens in that building. It's wild. It really is. I mean, think about you know, the block punt for a safety in the fourth quarter. They get the yeah. the sack strip fumble touchdown against us in the fourth quarter. It's it is. It's pretty uh, pretty crazy there. Hop Sunday night football. We'll see him. Is this Niners team? I mean, they're just—they're demolishing people. Yeah, I did uh, Lions Packers on the radio last week, and coming out of that game, I was really impressed with the Lions. I thought they were incredibly balanced. I, I said I think they're one of the most balanced teams in the NFL. But then watching watching the Niners and the Cowboys, I mean, it's just a different class right there. The way the Niners can beat you, obviously, they got the great defense. They can play zone. They can play man. They can rush the passer. They can stop the run. So basically their defense can do anything they need to. They got the best set of linebackers in the NFL. So nobody's getting any cheap yards on them. And then you look at offense. They got the wizard Kyle Shanahan back there. And then it just seems like every week somebody new is stepping up and making plays on that offense. Like George Kittle was dead. Like, he hasn't done anything. My, my wife has him in fantasy, so I get the George Kittle <laughs> blues report every week. And all of a sudden this week, he's got three catches, 67 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, and so it's such a difficult defense or offense to defend against because they got Ayuk, Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Kittle. And you don't know who to try to take away because all of them are all pros and can beat you any given Sunday. And so – I think it's going to be a tremendous challenge for this defense. Um, but I think it'll be a fun test, right? Like, we've, we've thought that our defense is really good from day one, and they've lived up to the expectation. And now, here you go. Here's the best, most balanced offense in the NFL. Let's see what we can do. Well, the crazy thing about them, Joe, is because they're paying about 8 bucks for their quarterback room, like, they can actually add to this. <laughs> 
I mean, Purdy's it's three point six over three. He makes like eight hundred thousand a year. He has a roommate. Um, you got uh, and then Darnold's on the minimum. So like their money, they can disperse. So if it feels like everybody on their team's like an all Madden, it's because they can be. They they can pay all those guys because they're not paying the quarterback room at all. Yeah, I mean it's it's the luxury of having a quarterback not only on a rookie deal but the last pick in the draft. Um, Crazy. So, I mean. I think by and large, if you're saying, all right, how do we build a team from scratch? All right, we got to find a, a franchise quarterback, right? Because that's the surest way to be consistently successful. But, I mean, if you get really super lucky and you find a Brock Purdy last pick in the draft and you are able to put together a really well-rounded offense with a great defense like the Niners have, I mean, that's a team that's the most well-built for a successful one season, you know, if you're if you're just parsing it out and saying, all right, how do you build one season of success? Boom. The Niners, I mean, they've got it figured out. They they got a quarterback that doesn't make a ton of mistakes. But I will say one thing about Brock Purdy, he's not exactly Jimmy G. Like I, I thought Jimmy G played well. Obviously the injuries were why he's not there anymore. But he also was not a risk taker. Like it had to set up pretty well for him and then he could yeah. deliver the throws. And a lot of times Kyle put him in those great positions. But you watch Brock Purdy, like he's out there creating a little bit, like getting outside the pocket. He's taking some chances down the field. He's doing stuff that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have the comfort to do. And something that you wouldn't expect a guy who's the last pick in the draft in his second NFL season would feel comfortable doing, especially when you have such a great defense. A lot of times you get that in your head as a quarterback. I think you say, all right, just don't screw it up for my defense. And then you're afraid to take chances, and I think it handcuffs you a little bit. But to Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan's credit, like he's not just out there taking the layups and being afraid of his own shadow, throwing the football down the field. I mean, he's he's a tough out because he's not predictable, just taking the easy stuff all the time. The Steelers are three and two. Their point differential is negative thirty-one uh-huh. for the season. Do you guys have any? Have you looked at what the Niners' point differential is? But what four? They play five games. Five games. It's got to be around a hundred. It's ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, oh they goodness. are just beating people. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, it's a pretty clean operation. Um, it's incredible. I made this point earlier, Hop. I wanted to run you by this a month into this thing. How great the Forty ers been. We'll see him firsthand here on Sunday. What do you make of, as, as someone, you, you have the gold jacket, and you're certainly aware of the history of the game, the struggles of Belichick here in New England. They were beaten 30 to nothing by a Saints team that is not much at all, Joe. Yes. And there's really no path for them. To me, I, you could argue that New England's maybe among the more hopeless teams in the league in terms of a way to turn this around. Um, what, what do you make of that struggles with Belichick in New England? Well, we actually have a semi-serious, legitimate conversation on my podcast Tomahawk show with Andrew Hawkins today is Belichick tanking for Caleb Williams I mean he's not they're they're I mean their ownership might be ultimate ruse like like the one thing that you'd never thought you'd expect Belichick to do was like intentionally lose right because the guy just hates losing so much and he's so obsessed with doing whatever it takes to win no matter what like he didn't care it was the last game of the season during their undefeated stretch. Like he was playing his dudes, and uh, it's interesting because all of a sudden, like there is 
no light at the end of the tunnel with Mac Jones. It looks like he's regressing. Wow. The decision last year to put a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator in as your offensive coordinator, not only did it backfire that season, but it seems like, I don't know if it destroyed Mac Jones' confidence or what, but like he's only gotten worse since that point. Um, and all the bad draft picks and the bad personnel decisions that Belichick has made through the years now seem to be coming back to haunt him because the team just doesn't really have a whole lot of talent anywhere. And you got a quarterback that can't play football and can't throw the ball. So, I mean, they're in a world of hurt, and, and you start to wonder, like, hey, is the writing on the wall? Is Belichick going to want to retire? But at the same time, you also tell yourself, like, Belichick has always enjoyed doing things people didn't expect. So he's either going to, like, retire tomorrow or he's going to be like, nope, I'm very happy not retiring until you least expect it and just hanging on for a couple more years. And then you, you wonder, like, how long does Robert Kraft sit around and say, that's yeah, a, we, we still yeah, want yeah. a coach that's in his mid-70s that clearly is not the same guy that he was when Tom Brady was there. How long do we want to let him have the reins? It's a stunning thing that's happening there. I thought equally as stunning was, do you see Orlovsky this morning said that Mac Jones would be just as successful as Brock Purdy if he was the quarterback of the Niners? No, that's not. I, I, oh, I didn't wow. see it. That's silly, though. Rex that's, Ryan that almost lost take, his mind. That takes. I, I am. I am ex- exhausted by the undercutting of Purdy. It, you got to just at this point admit he's, he's good. Good. He's out. Really good. He's got great anticipation. The ball is where it needs to be on time always. There's very little, if any, mistakes. He hasn't lost. Okay, never yep. lost. Yep. Like it's. Come on, give the kid a little bit of credit. Just an inch, I think. It's enough. Um, Hoff, we've got uh, we've got Sunday. We've got Monday Night Football tonight. Raiders, uh, a place you just most recently were, versus uh, the team of your home state, the Green Bay Packers tonight. What do you make of the Packers and and what they've been early on here post Rodgers? Well, it's been interesting because you know Jordan Love had that um, really good game in the fourth quarter where they were down by 17 and they came back and they beat uh, the New Orleans Saints 18 to 17 and everyone jumped on the Jordan Love bandwagon and um, and then he followed it up with a stinker against Detroit. And I, I think for me, I'm really excited to watch him just to kind of get more reps for him to just kind of determine, you know, what do we think he can be? Because, at times he's looked pretty good, but then the times he looks like he is a first-year starter where he makes a lot of silly mistakes, um, can't throw accurately down the football field. So I think just having more opportunities for us to watch him is exciting because we just want to know who he is, right? I, and I think it was easy for Packer fans to get super pumped because of that comeback that he staged in the fourth quarter, was which was tied, I think, for the largest comeback in Packers history in the fourth quarter. Um, and it also happened to be Jordan Love's first start at Lambeau Field in his career. Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's one of those fun ones where this is a guy that has been around a long time and he's been talked about ad nauseum, especially here in Wisconsin, whether he can or can't be the next great Packers quarterback and an opportunity to do it again here on Monday Night Football. I think it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be good to watch and anybody that enjoys the game of football and the drama surrounding the NFL and certainly the drama surrounding the Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love uh, draft picks back when Aaron was still their quarterback is going to love to watch what happens tonight. And I, I don't think this is a great test because the Raiders are not a great team, but it's just one more opportunity for Jordan Love to 
try to put together a solid performance. You think it's a big one for Devontae Adams? I don't know. That's a good question because I, I don't know how much bad blood he had leaving Green Bay. It feels like he said he, – I saw that he said um... – if they had just offered me what they ultimately offered me earlier, I would have stayed a Packer for one more year. So, so I think he was he, leaving anyway. It sounded like he had no interest playing there if he wasn't playing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Now, the crazy yeah. thing about it is, given the way things had unfolded, had he stayed with Green Bay last year, he might be a saint now because he really, truly wanted to play with Derek Carr, his college quarterback. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Which is weird. Yeah. Not that he wanted to play with him, but that yeah. just how the timing of that changes all of that. Yeah. So I, I guess I don't think he had a ton of bad blood. I mean, I, I'm sure at the time he wishes he got a deal, but it's not like he was banging the table saying, I want to be a Packer for life. He wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers, of course. But uh, I, don't, I don't think he like feels slighted that, you know, this was his hometown team or that he wanted to just be here forever and they didn't give him a deal. Um, and I think it's been two years now, so he's probably feeling okay that he's in a better situation, um, especially if Jordan Love doesn't, turn out and play a good game tonight uh it'll be much easier for him to say well glad i'm here instead of trying to catch passes from jordan love half was robert sala going up in the post game handshake with sean payton and just looking at him with a smirk and saying stay humble the biggest diss <laughs> in the nfl this weekend can you good. even oh, can man. you even fathom that i was sitting on the couch like we usually do on sunday with my son jack we're watching football and he's glued and he hears me just cheering like a maniac for the Jets. And he's like, yeah, why, why, are, you, why are you cheering for the Jets? Because he has all of our fantasy teams memorized. He knows all my players. I have to ask him, like, do I have that guy? Uh, <laughs> and he knows. And, but he's like, yeah, why, why are you cheering so hard for the Jets? And I go, because what Sean Payton did to Nathaniel Hackett in the offseason was so disrespectful and unprofessional that it doesn't belong in the game of football. And as somebody who played the game, to hear the way that he drug his name through the mud unnecessarily, the man already had his medicine getting fired. Like he didn't do a great job in Denver. Clearly there's some other issues because Sean Payton's not doing a great job either, but yeah, for Sean Payton to dance on his grave like that just felt so dirty and personal that uh, I was a huge Jets fan and I love seeing Robert Sala come up <laughs> after the game and just give him that take stay humble. That was beautiful. And you could tell that, Nathaniel Hackett seems to be a likable guy because the players rallied around him. Uh, you heard C.J. Uzama talk, give a rousing pregame speech before the game. And I think it just points to the fact that, like, if if there's a, a bear sleeping there, don't poke the bear, right? Like, there's That's right. just nothing good that can come out of making your opponent so upset and pissed off that they take it out on you, and then they want to rub your nose in it after the game. So I think it was a good lesson for everybody. And a guy like Sean Payton, who had been out of the game for a little while, uh, maybe it was a good refresher course on why you don't want to disrespect your opponent multiple weeks before you play them. Hoff, great stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you again next Hoff. week. Enjoy your week. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, there he goes, the Hoff. The Joe Thomas half hour of the program will go around the sports world. Some uh, sports news happening here today as well. We will get to all of that coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Dog Pound Milk Bone has created the ultimate collector's item for you. It's guaranteed your dog will love it, too. Stop by the team shop at Cleveland Browns Stadium Saturday beginning at 10 a.m. to grab your limited edition Browns-branded Milk Bone box. Browns legend Josh Cribbs is going to be signing autographs from 1 to 2, and SJ and the puppies will be there between 2 and 3. For more information, check out the Browns Facebook events page. Inventory is limited. Make sure your plans now to secure exclusive box of treats for your pup. It's Saturday from the official pet treat partner of the Cleveland Browns. Only. Uh, and, and so there you go. There you go. Pick that up at the stadium. Do it. There you go. There it is. Azuri, they got all the different bones on the side of this. I mean, the box is gorgeous. She's a, she's a gravy bones girl. Looks she like loves you got those gravy flavor bones. snack treats, long-lasting chews, gravy bones treats, gravy bones, baby. dip treats, Marrow snacks. Marrow, oh, marrow snacks. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. brushing shoes, dental treats. So you got all that in there. Yeah, she's it. You got SJ on the cover. I wonder if SJ's signing down there. We'll see. We'll oh, see. there it is. I just recently went over this video. We were, I was looking at videos of uh, of Beamsy's birthday because he turned 10 over the weekend. Yeah. And I found the one because we took him to the, the Browns game a couple of years ago of, of Bootsy's crestfallen at the fact that he thought Chomps was coming up to see him. And, in fact, he was not. No. So we had the full spectrum of pure joy to infinite sadness. I know. All in one. But in tears yeah. when he joined when you uh, FaceTimed him. He was. That was. Legit. I don't know if people realize that. We were doing the coaches show. Um, over on the west side, I can't remember where, and we were, um, and and Chomps was there, and I Facetime Bootsy, and he was in tears at at seeing seeing him there, seeing him. So there you go, yeah, loves him, loves him, absolutely loves him. Um, probably from a from a college football side of things, I can do this pretty briefly. Oklahoma looked pretty good; they beat Texas in the Red River Shootout. Yep. So I tuned into that game and saw Oklahoma's final drive, mm-hmm. and I was watching it. I guess on the McAfee cast where they're oh yeah he's uh, standing in yeah. air suits with Hangman from uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, is that what who it was? Yeah. And McConaughey then McConaughey was AJ. with them for a yeah. while. McConaughey loves McAfee. He goes wherever he is. It's twice they because he did it at Alabama too. So and and uh McConaughey did a good one there's like a fourth down play and he's like throwing his tricep out he's like triceps down like this is what you got to do to get the d going and uh McConaughey's pumping his try out there and they got to stop and he was going nuts loving it but it's such a funny broadcast I enjoy it because they're just kind of on the sidelines talking smack while the game's going on it's kind of like if you if it's kind of like a a um a call it's a obviously it's a college manning but it's also a college tone manning like if you did a manning cast amongst 20 year olds yeah and instead of being in their palatial estates, they were on the sidelines. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. Because it's it's very sophomoric in nature, but I love it. It fits college football very well. Yeah. And it's much better than when – because they've done it in their studio, and it was not good. 
because they get too distracted. Yes. So when they're at the event, they're just there. Then you then you get more of it. Yep. Um, this is there's complete parity in the sport. It's it's nuts. There any number of a dozen teams could win it. Michigan looks like they could be the best team in the country. Georgia looks very good as well. Ohio State. They won by 20, cover city, but it was really sluggish for the first half before they finally got going. But in college football, you also have – it's such a messy thing, which is why I love it so much because it's so unpredictable, the stupidity. So LSU had probably one of the most ridiculous covers of all time in their game. Missouri is driving. LSU is five-and-a-half-point favorite. Missouri is driving to go win the game in the closing seconds. They throw a pick six. LSU goes back to the house to win by 10. So that's how that one. That's how it ended, um, but that was nothing compared to Miami. Okay, Mario Cristobal will not take a knee. Why? So he didn't do this at Oregon, and it cost him a game against Stanford in two thousand. So how do you not learn from that? Miami is playing Georgia Tech. They are at home. They're wearing the most absurd uniforms of all time. They're in these ridiculous black outfits. If they win, they stay undefeated. Miami back. Who knows? But you have momentum, right? Program momentum. Yes. Heading into a Florida State game in a couple of weeks, and instead he decides to run it. Now, I'm convinced that the officials – I'm not convinced that the guy wasn't down, but I think the officials are like, you're so stupid, we're not going to even reward you with a review. Yep. So they run it. The guy fumbles, and then – now they're still up. They're up 20 to 17. They're up 20 to 17. Yeah, they had to they go – They have two plays. They go two plays, 65 yards. Twice they, they get beat behind. Once on the sidelines, then again they hit a big one, like a 55-yarder back coming across across the middle. Um just one of the most stupefying coaching decisions I've ever seen. Okay. To a, by the but way, that's the beauty things. of college football is these guys are nuts. By Tooth. the way, so like, this type of stuff a happens Georgia all the time. Tech team that lost to my alma mater. That's a right. Week earlier that yes, had that's no correct. business even being on the field. Georgia the Tech lost to BG last week. Okay. He didn't kneel at Oregon. It cost him a game. Against mm-hmm. How do you not learn from that? No idea. Okay. Number two, if you're the quarterback, why don't you just take the ball and take a knee? Well, you take, accept the snap. A lot of those guys, down. they're not. What, they going to bench him for winning the game? No. Oh, I know, yeah, sorry, like, we're benching them. They don't because question. How could you not? I mean, do I you know, see the guy on the sideline who was like, what the heck are we doing? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Just with tears streaming down his face? Now, here's the other thing. So, if that's not bad enough, how is it on the last play of the game, which had to be a Hail Mary, it had to be a touchdown. That's right. Why were they not just standing in the end zone? That guy was, was behind a, four was a, people. It was a cover. He, it was like he played just normal cover three. There were just three safeties. They get straight right by him. But just you, nobody was. There's nobody there. How could he be behind anybody? Shouldn't have been behind anybody. There should have been eight guys at the at the goal line. Yes, I suppose what they were preventing against and is maybe a because the clock does stop on a first down. Maybe they were maybe they were worried about setting up a field goal to tie it. But even still, like there's just you have to have four guys. I mean, there's just, you, just nobody behind you. It's rule one. What did they change with that rule, though? They change it in the last two minutes. It's back to the old rule. The Got rest it. of the game is nice. running. Got it. So the last two minutes they go back you to the old rule. You can still do that. Okay. Yeah, the clock stops on first downs. Um, but so though, then it restarts as soon as it like. Yeah. Yeah, they would have had to get a spike and then run the kicking group out and and all of that. But these games are consistently mismanaged. Consistently. Um, USC's defense is going to cost Caleb Williams a Heisman, even as he's been sensational, but they can't stop anybody um, at all. They, they took three overtimes to beat Arizona. Arizona's fine, but they're not great at all. No. Took three overtimes to beat them in Southern California. 
Um, this week is Oregon and Washington play this week. My fear is that the Pac-12, which is the best conference in the in the country right now, top to bottom, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be gone. It's gone. My fear is that they will cannibalize each other over the next three weeks and they'll eliminate each other from the playoff. Which I is mean, gonna just suck. think about what you just said. It's true. They, they they haven't been this for fifteen years. Agreed. And I would argue, but they've sent teams to the championship. You want game. me to put your well, not in the BCS, not in the playoff area. Oregon, no. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Fourteen. Mariota. Yeah, Mariota. yeah, Mariota. you're exactly right. Very first year, Mariota and those guys did. This is going to put your head in a pretzel as a native Pac-12er Thank and you. someone who follows an the league aficionado. closely. An aficionado. If they had had this season last year, the Pac-12 survives. Yes, because you have Colorado, which is the number one story in the sport. Yes. They survive barely, by the way. You have all these quarterbacks, three of which are Heisman candidates. One's a returning Heisman winner. You would have got the fifty million that the athletic director or the president of Utah thought that you were were worth. Yes, you would have got that money had this happened last year. You would have been the conference that maintained, and the Big Twelve would have crumbled. That's yes. what would have happened. Yeah. Yes, so it's it's the bad timing of one year and cost and, one of the iconic conferences. And by the way. I feel like had it gone that way and the Big 12 teams then dispersed into as many have already left for the SEC anyway yeah. or the SEC into the, you know, maybe Kansas comes in the Big 12. Who knows what it is? But I think that en- ends up with a better overall conference structure in the country anyway. Yeah, what probably would have happened is the Pac-12 would have looked to add Kansas, Baylor, the basketball schools maybe? Yeah, probably that they would have looked to go to the Pac-12 if they would have wanted to. It could have expanded into the Texas, maybe TCU, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, I don't know, something yeah. like that, some amalgamation of that. And honestly, if the Pac-12 survives, maybe the Big 12 survives too, and you still have five power fives. That's the thing that probably would have happened more than likely than anything is that you would have had would have had five of them. And it's just they missed it by a year. Yeah. So they're going to have this heroic, historic final year and then done. Gonzo. So um, it that sport's crazy, though, on a, on a weekly basis, and, and it's never been more wide open than it currently is. Need a new roof on your home? Never replace your roof again with the Renew Home Exteriors Replace Once for Life Warranty. This month with the purchase of a new roof, get free installation on a solar-powered attic fan to help you take the load off that AC and HVAC unit. Keep your attic venting properly. Install today and save no interest for 24 months. Renew Home Exteriors, superior product, superior service. Visit RenewEstimates.com. We've got a score for tonight. We will do that coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. I just want a good game tonight. That's kind of where I am. Is it'd be nice to just see, uh, be nice to see a game. Yeah, I think that would be lovely to see a nice a nice game tonight. Devontae Adams against the Pack. I'm getting kind just of fatigued with bad ball. I'm getting fatigued with bad ball. It's not even bad ball. It's almost too good a ball on one side. Like Fields was yeah, un- unreal, uncompetitive ball. Uh, yeah, same. The same. Fields thing's hard to wrap your head around because his last six quarters he's been unbelievable, unreal. They just need to chase Claypool, ban him. The guys a He's just a turd. So apparently. is he going to go play tight? I, I heard that they're going to try to make him a tight end. Leave Mike. He can do whatever he wants, that guy. If you, you got see that what guy he's doing, around. scheming up. Is Devin, Devin H. going to average 10 yards a carry for a season? Like, Has is is that ever happened? I don't know. I don't know. How did they get? They got, like, know. basically Chris Johnson. Yeah. It seems like it. How did they do that? I don't know. I don't know. What do we have tonight, Gibbe? You have the Green Bay Packers. Visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Monday night foosball. 
no Scott Van Pelt. Uh, the Buck family will be doing the uh, pregame, that. halftime, Buck and, and the, the game. The Buck family singers. Not to be mistaken with the bunch. That'll go over well in Cleveland. We're so fond of him here for whatever I love reason. Him. I know. But I, I love, think he's I fine, but there's people so look at Uno's not pleased at going back all the way to the World Series. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, all the way back to that. People. Um, I get a. I don't have a great feel on this one. These games have not been competitive. Um, I think this. My Garoppolo's playing. This moved three three points in terms of the scores from Garoppolo not playing to Garoppolo playing. Um, so I think Garoppolo playing. Give me the home team by a field goal. Home team by a field goal. Daniel Carlson from 50 as time expires. Vegas, 12. Oh, boy. Green Bay, 8. Well, that'll make me feel better about going to bed Same. after the first quarter. And, by the way, I need four Daniel case. Carlson field goals. Tonight, so <laughs> there you go. NBC's yelling at me. He needs Jordan Love to get him five points. I think you're going to get five. I think as long as he doesn't safe. get hurt. As long as he doesn't, doesn't get, get hurt, hurt, you're safe, pal. You're yeah. safe. Uh, the next level is coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Runs Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 